If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now it's time for very serious football talk with the man who met his wife on a blind date, chaperoned by his parents. They actually came along on the first date with us. There was a... No! I rode in the back seat. I was 22. The man who needs to take a minute to remember the names of all of his children. Do all of your kids have the same first letter? <laughs> no, actually. Um, let me think. Do any of them? Tucker, Mason, Cole, Isabel, and Lucas. The man who can defend you in court, but will probably choose not to. I'll cop to this on a public setting right now. I am an aggressive cuddler in a consensual oh. sense. <laughs> Comma, officer. Good grief, he's a pastor too? When does this guy sleep? You will you will find Seth Kaiser everywhere except for in his or your bed because not only does he not sleep, he's also a faithful husband. So that's that's important. It's Seth Kaiser of The Athletic on Almost Entirely Sports. As we are reminded of every week, thanks to that uh, to that introduction, Seth is a lawyer and also a Nazarene pastor. And I'm going to hone in on that latter one, Seth, for the time being, because I want to ask you a, a pretty open question here. Did you feel dirty watching that game last night? Because it was sort of... I, I feel like it was the, the, the high of, a, of, of some uppers and then also the low of some downers. It was borderline sexual in its energy. Are, did you need to, like, do any special confessions today or anything? Did you say it was borderline sexual? No, you know what? I guess it's right. It was just straight-up sexual. That's, that's a good call. Oh, good. You know, what really, what really makes me happy is that my wife, you know, pops this on so my kids can watch us talk. <laughs> I, um, so, no, I didn't feel dirty. It was a great game, though. I mean, what a hoot. I didn't think they could possibly one-up the Patriots game as far as, like, a game experience goes. But it felt like there were 14 lead changes in the fourth quarter. It was just so crazy. Um, obviously, you know, the way it ended was a real bummer, but... I mean, it was just like the game that like just wouldn't end. Because even after like that second pick, you're like, ah, oh, it's all over. Then the defense is like, oh no, it's not. Yeah. And they suddenly, suddenly conjure a stop out of nowhere, and it just it was like a really slow but really fun death. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really good way to put it. It was a slow but super fun death. Um. Yeah, I, I want to talk about some of the specifics in your piece on The Athletic, which you can go read right now at theathletic.com if you're subscribed. And uh, we'll get to that in a second, but I'm curious what your sort of large-scale feeling is. And you touched on this a little bit in the, in the article, but, but before we get to like the road split thing, just the game last night, what do you make of something that sort of breaks all of the confines of a normal sporting event like that? hard to know whether you can take away a whole lot from that game because it was such a unique game. Yeah. 
Um, even the NFL treated it like a unique game with their all-star referee crew. Yeah, which that's a, a title they deserved 100%. That's super – that went so well. <laughs> um, it, 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 it's just such a unique game. There are not very many teams out there that are kind of like the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and the Rams are one of them. Yeah. Um, what you really have in the NFL, and I, I believe this now more than ever, I think you've got – a, a, a tier of teams in the Saints, the Rams, and the Chiefs, and the Patriots. And I have to include the Patriots in that even because they've beaten the Chiefs. Yep. Otherwise, I can't include the Chiefs. doesn't seem fair. Mm-hmm. And then there's everyone else in the league. And the Patriots are just hanging on by a thread because of that victory over the Chiefs weeks ago. And there's just no other team. The Chiefs beat every other team in the NFL last night except the Rams, and maybe the Saints, maybe. Yeah. Yes. It, just, it was just unbelievable. And so it's tough to know how many takeaways there really are. To me, I'm going to know what my takeaway is in a couple weeks here when they play Baltimore, a game I'll be at, by the way. Yes. And so Good. It, that's when I'll know, because I would like to see them clean up a few things Take this bye week, get healthy. Man, do they need the bye week to get healthy. And then I'll know maybe a few more takeaways because they have been more mistake-prone lately. And I want to see if they've started to clean that up. The most mistake-prone they've been has been against the Patriots and the Rams, you would say is fair, right, for the sake of me continuing this point? Yes, yes, I would absolutely say that's true. And then also it's worth noting – you notice the mistakes more there because the margin of mm-hmm. error shrinks Yes, against good teams. And let's face it, even though the defense made some plays, and I'm not trying to place all blame on one side of the ball or the other because there's blame to go around. Mm-hmm. Whole team, even with Mahomes, even with Andy Reid, plenty of blame to go around. But when your defense is just getting diced to pieces, and yep. it was most of the night, there's yep. no denying that, um, you know, the defense gave up 40 points. And you can try to talk about turnovers or whatever, but the defense gave up 40 points. Yep. When you're dealing with a game like that, the, the margin of error becomes smaller and the mistakes become much more noticeable. And I, and I also think to that point, like the Rams and, and Patriots are, like you can make an argument, two of the, at least two of the worst defenses the Chiefs have played this year. Well, why do the mistakes show up there? It's because the offense is being asked to do even more. And so I think that all kind of goes full circle, but you already sort of went into this direction, so I want to let you go over this way. We can start with the defense. We can start with Mahomes. Both of them, I want to know your evaluation of from that game last night because you're evaluating a quarterback that threw for almost 500 yards, who had six yep. touchdowns and five yep. turnovers, and yep. defensively you have a defense that was largely terrible except for it also made a couple of really big plays and then also let some plays slip through their fingers. How do you evaluate all of that? I don't know would be the short answer. Um, Again, it's one of those margin of error games where it's like if you're not playing an elite team, a lot of that stuff doesn't even happen. Yeah. You know, football is a game of opportunity. For example, there's a lot of talk about five turnovers with Patrick Mahomes, and I get it. You know, narratives are narratives, so you grab the biggest number you can find. Mm-hmm. Both of those sacks, uh, you could argue, well, Mahomes needs to feel that pressure coming. Uh, it's kind of, you know, I put that more on the line than him, mm-hmm. although ball security is important. Yeah. And all that fun stuff. Yeah. Two of Patrick Mahomes' interceptions don't happen. And then now all of a sudden you're talking about, you, I guarantee you no one would have been like, oh, Mahomes had a three-turnover game. Yep. I guarantee you no one would. You're right. If this series of events had occurred, if, or, if Orlando Skandrick just catches that pick. Yep. And I'm not saying it was the easiest catch on earth, but he, he should have caught that. Yes, he should have. And you could tell from his reaction he knew that. Had he caught that, the Chiefs, the, I think the very next play, run out the two minute, to the two-minute warning. Mm-hmm. And then even if they don't get a first down, they run it down to like a minute and then punt the ball. Yep. And it's a very different scenario. Yep. And Patrick Mahomes probably never throws those two picks. Football is such a game of opportunity, and there's opportunities for those mistakes when you play a team that you're forced to score almost every time. And so 
as far as takeaways go, it's just tough. You know, I, it's uh, one of the reasons why the first piece that I wrote this week wasn't necessarily super analytical, just because there's so much. It felt like there were three football games crammed into one. hundred percent. There were so many drives. Yeah. And so I think the biggest thing to take away is that if I were to take away the two biggest things is that you don't want Mahomes to feel like he has to do it all. Mm-hmm. Because I think you see him slip back into, you know, you and I have talked about this, you want him to have 90% of that gunslinger, mm-hmm. and you want to harness that, that 10%. Mm-hmm. I think we saw that 10% come out a few times yep. against the Rams. That's Especially those last thing. two picks. Those, those, those last yep. two picks, because even, you mentioned like the, the strip sacks. One thing, yep. this is crazy. Aaron Donald got two strip sacks of Patrick Mahomes, and Cam Irving had like a pretty good effort against him. Like the the fact that, that only happened twice felt like maybe a victory, which is crazy. Um, yeah. But but both of those plays, one of them just being like that flailing arm, just smacking the ball out of his hand, is an incredible play, and the other one is a textbook like double arm chop that's just completely yep. unstoppable. Those weren't those weren't necessarily gunslinger issues. Those were more right. to me big defensive plays. Whenever whenever he Correct. was trying to go forty yards downfield and he got hit in the shoulder, he shouldn't have let that ball go. Uh, the one off the back of of Mitch Schwartz was like physics breaking. I don't know if that was a gunslinger one, and the one at the very end of the game was because like thirty seconds left. There are two of them. Yeah, the, that's the one at the very end of the game. The one at the very end of the game, I don't care about. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I know me. some people were upset because there were still like thirty seconds left. But really, I, I, I'll need to look at it on all twenty-two. I haven't had a chance yeah. yet. But the the thing is, Mahomes, by and large, you put any other quarterback on the Chiefs last night. Yep. Besides, like you know, a couple of elites, three, and they lose that game by three touchdowns. Yep. Hundred percent agree. You know, people are. I mean. People are forgetting the unbelievable drive to, to end the second half. The unbelievable drive uh, to, for the, to put the first points on the board when they were down 13 zip, and it was like, mm-hmm. oh no, here we go. Yep. And then four plays later, boom, end zone, we've got a game. I mean, the, the biggest thing, though, is I, I think with, with what we're seeing is to beat the Chiefs, you need to have a great offense. Yep. A great offense. And you need to force a couple of turnovers. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's the formula. Because the Chiefs defense, while opportunistic, I mean, here's the, the Rams gave up 19 sacks in 10 games prior to last night. They gave up five to the Chiefs. Yep. And the pass rush looked pretty good most of the night. Mm-hmm. But the problem was every time the pass rush didn't get there, you knew it was going to be bad. Yes, it was 16 and yards I mean, at least every, every time. time. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so it, it, was, it was an interesting game. It was a weird game. It was a fun game. Really might be one of the most fun games I've ever watched mm-hmm. in terms of drama. I couldn't believe that they lost. I was stunned. Yeah. When Mahomes threw that, that pick where his shoulder got hit, yep. I was stunned. After that completion on third and ten, Tyreek Hill, which was an unbelievable catch. Unbelievable. Uh, I, it was awesome. Yeah. I, that was it. I, I was sitting there talking to my sister. Like, oh, man, they've got to make sure not to leave any. Any, any more clock on, on the board. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. They had all three timeouts. Yep. They, were, they were set. Yep. And that throw was a – I mean, trying to throw that, I can't tell if he just didn't see the defender. Normally his vision is so good. Yeah. Or if he thought he could fire it out and it, you know, before the, the guy could get there. That's my guess. If yeah. you look at the way it's set up, it was really similar to the Hill touchdown pass earlier. I think he actually said after the game that it was the same play and he was going to a different read on it. I think he might be dead on on that one. And so it was, it was the same blocking scheme, asking Kelsey to hold up one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I get it. He didn't want to take a sack. But honestly, anything else than what he did is preferable in that particular situation. But that really, it's one of those games, you know, with the Patriots game, it was kind of one of those, oh, you could point to here, point to there. This was a game where, like, there were literally four or five plays where you're just like, Come on, you know, the Skandrick pick? Yep. Um, Cam Irving, so on that second fumble, mm-hmm. Irving not falling on the ball, because yep. it was first and ten, yep. and they were well in field goal range. Yep. Even if he falls on the ball and it's a ten-yard loss, they're still in field goal range. All Cam Irving had to do was fall on the football, mm-hmm. and it's a different game. Yep. And, and, and that 
is making me a little crazy. I'm going to be honest with you. Yep. It's driving me a little nuts. But as far as takeaways, you know, we, we can go one or two directions. We can say, oh, you know, they've got the talent to compete with anyone. They clearly do. But you know what? We already knew that. Yes, I agree. So to me, the question is, are they going to keep shooting themselves in the foot against elite competition? Because we, okay, Pittsburgh's a really good team. Cincinnati was a really good team when they played them, when they saw mm-hmm. A.J. Green. The Chargers are a really good team. And the Chiefs beat the Steelers and the Chargers without a terrible, it wasn't too bad. Right. The scoreboard looked closer than it was. And they, they just destroyed the Bengals. We know the Chiefs are a great team. They are an elite team in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. But against other elite teams now, they've coughed it up twice. And so now the question is, okay, are they going to be done shooting themselves in the foot? Because they are clearly, they were clearly a better team than the Patriots. They, in my opinion, were at least as good, if not better, than the Rams. But they just kept making mistakes. And here's the problem. That goes into the analysis of whether or not you're any good. Right. <laughs> right. I, I was talking about that angle that you took earlier in the show, and I wanted to sort of give you a little push on on that as the development here because you're obviously you're right. Like this team is better when they turn the ball over less. I am not going to take the hot hot take of a, of a different perspective on that sentence. But like even with all of all of the turnovers, with all of the mistakes, with the first matchup against Tom Brady, and then the the Aaron Donald's domination, and then the uh, getting hit in the arm with the pick, and then physics breaking as the ball goes off of Mitchell Schwartz's back and into the arms of a defensive lineman, I guess I guess a linebacker, whatever, um, into a defender. With all of that happening on the road in these two games, the Chiefs lost each of those by three points, and they averaged forty five and a half points in each of those two losses. I yep. like those. I. Part of me still thinks that they could have a merely four-turnover game and at a neutral site or at home against the Patriots in the playoffs still win that game. I don't think you're wrong. And that's one of the focuses of the article I wrote where I said they're at a fork in a road, you know. Mm -hmm. And one of the things about them is that they are that good Mm -hmm. that even with and this is what should make it really infuriating. They are so good that without Sammy Watkins and without Eric Berry yep. and by com- and committing five turnovers, they still, on the road, <clears throat> on an evening where everything was going in L.A.'s favor early, mm-hmm. they can go down by 13, then they can have a lead, you know, they can be falling behind in the fourth quarter. They're still good enough to win. Yep. They're still right there. Yep. That's how good they are. That's how talented this team is. And the main focus of the article I wrote today is they are talented enough to win the Super Bowl exactly as they are. Yep. Exactly as they are. They are talented enough to win the Super Bowl. I compared Patrick Mahomes' play yesterday with – it's kind of like a microcosm of the Chiefs' 2018 season. He had some really rough moments. But he was overall so brilliant. Now, this is not an opinion shared by everyone. I had someone who I mentioned, yeah, if we had Alex Smith, we would have lost that game. And I had no idea what to say to that. I don't, yeah, I, I, have, just, all the respect, I, just I have all the respect in the world for Alex Smith as a person, but I was just like, that, I don't even know what to say to you. It's really hard to And, and there, yes. I know there's a segment of Chiefs fans that blame Mahomes for the loss. Fair enough. You know, but the reality is, Mahomes' game last night was a game with some really clear warts, some really clear rough patches, mm-hmm. but he was so brilliant overall that it was still enough, yep. more than enough, to be great. That's the Chiefs in 2018. They have some really clear weaknesses, they have some really clear issues, but they have so much talent that they can still be great. Even like, you know, the defense, crud, when all hope seemed lost, the defense, you know, forces a punt, or Justin Houston comes out of nowhere and takes the ball from Goff. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Chris Jones gets two sacks. Even the defense, which is clearly not good, mm-hmm. they've got a good enough pass rush to occasionally look dominant. Yep. And so it's just a bizarre, bizarre team. And I think what's frustrating so much for me is that even as they are, they could win a Super Bowl. Yes. They absolutely could. If they ran the table and won the Super Bowl from here on out, it would not stun me, even if nothing changed. But to me, it's like, don't you want to make it as easy on yourselves as possible? Yeah. And just... Stop giving the other team the ball or stop dropping picks. You know what I mean? Just yeah. these basic things that just keep just killing them. That's making me a little crazy because I think they've got a decent sh- shot 
at taking, making a big run here, even as they are. But if they just cut down on like 10% of these mistakes, that suddenly doubles or triples. And it's to an extent even beyond this year, which is dangerous. I don't want to go there too far, but like even within this year, I guess, the expectation changes. If if the yep. if the mistakes go away, you go from being a team that wants to put together a run where you're all your best games come in a row. Um, you, you transition from that to becoming the Patriots, where just every yep. year you expect that team to win it all. The Chiefs yep. the Chiefs are within arm's reach of that type of Patriots esque expectation. The team they currently have, even without Sammy Watkins for for almost all of last night, that team, without mistakes, just sort of becomes the next Patriots, which is insane. Yes, and that's the ceiling. Now, do they hit it? I don't know. There's a reason there's only one Patriot. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they definitely they, they they're so close to being more than even a really, 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 really good football team. And so, as far as takeaways go, honestly, I enjoyed the heck out of the game. Me too. They've lost twice on the road now to elite teams. They lost barely in both games. And then people, well, those are the types of teams you have to beat in the playoffs. Yeah, so are the Steelers, so are the Chargers, so are the Bengals. Mm-hmm. At least the iteration of the Bengals that existed at the time. And this is what drives me nuts, like, with uh, – you know, people kind of changing history a little bit. Mm-hmm. The Bengals had one of the best offenses in the league coming into that game. Yep. Um, you know, the, the the Jaguars, when the Chiefs played them, everyone thought that they were good still. Yep. They, the and they Chiefs looked good again this week, kind them. of, at least offensively. Yeah, the Chiefs broke both of those teams. Yes. The Chiefs, the, the Broncos have shown, they the Broncos have had the best performances of the year against multiple great offenses. Yep. And the Chiefs broke their season, too. And so this idea that, like, well, you know, they can't beat good teams, that's just silly. They have beaten good teams. They beat the Niners when the Niners still had Garoppolo. I mean, there's just all this revisionist history that's going on now because the most recent thing is a loss. That's what happens with football. That's the price you pay when every game is an event. Every game changes the perception of a team, even though it really shouldn't. The Chiefs are the same team today that they were Sunday. It's just people view it differently now because the very last thing they remember is a negative emotion. Yes. And so I, I guess as far as takeaways go, the Chiefs are who we thought they were, a really, 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 really good team that lost to another really, 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 really good team. It's boring, I know. Well, but it's it's true, and it's also like it's the plague of NFL analysis at the moment, not even with this game, but like all together. I feel like I've spent the last like six weeks being like, hey, the Titans aren't that, they're not, it's not a big deal. They're still just the Titans. And then like they beat the Patriots. Everyone's like, oh, do you feel dumb? And then they lose to whoever they lost to last week. I'm like, no, I don't. They're still the Titans. Sometimes football does this. And so I don't, I'm with you. I don't feel any differently about the Chiefs today than I did 24 hours ago. And I think that's the right way to, to, to go about it. The one place that I think there is a place to feel better today than we did yesterday is that, and you already talked about this, so you don't have to dive way back into it, but the, the, the pass rush that we saw against the Cardinals, and you mentioned this last time we talked, we saw a little bit against the Jags also, and I think a little bit <laughs> the week before probably. Uh, but, but after Justin Houston comes back from his injury, Chris Jones is like in a different mode right now. D Ford is totally amped up. We saw that pass rush do the things it did against Josh Rosen, against Jared Goff. And yep. I would bet my life that they're going to have a, a pretty good time doing that to Derek Carr twice the rest of this year. If it's Lamar Jackson or Joe Flacco, that guy's going to have a really hard time with Chris Jones. Like Throughout the yep. rest of their season and into the playoffs, I'm just glad that we saw that pass rush not get erased by the Rams' offense yesterday. Right. That's one of the best offensive lines in the league, mm-hmm. and they did a great job. And frankly, and I hate being this guy, I do, but people have asked me to look into it, the number of false starts and holds that were missed was unusual. Yeah. Now, every game is going to feature some false starts and holds that are missed, and I, I, I'm not really a big fan of, of, of people complaining about it, because it happens. It yep. just does. Same. But 
there's a reason D Ford didn't have a very great night rushing the passer. Like he he made some pressure. He he did make some plays happen. Yep. But part of it was their right tackle, especially, was being allowed to get the early jump like every snap. Yes, it was it was happening a lot. I don't like being that guy either. And, and, I hate that, but that's it's true. Yeah, and and even and even with that and all the help they were trying to provide the pass rush, the Chiefs were just too much. Allen Bailey's having a career year now. He's still not this monster rushing the passer, but he's good enough to take advantage of the opportunities given. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need with that fourth guy. And so that's been a really pleasant surprise. It is that, that fourth guy even, not just the, the big three who are all playing like stars, mm-hmm. but having a fourth guy who's coming in and cleaning up. That's so important. And so the pass rush looks great and against a great offensive line and offensive system. And so that bodes huge for down the stretch. Now it's just a matter of figuring out how to figure things out on the back end. And here's the other thing. People are panicking again about the defense. And everyone's saying, oh, what we've seen in the last like six weeks has been a mirage. Or, and then hear me out, okay. maybe the Rams are just really, 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 really good. It can't be that. And There's that, no and, way. And the, Chiefs, and the Chiefs have a great pass rush, but a very average overall pass defense. The secondary just doesn't have the goods. And, like, the corners that have been playing so well, Skandrick got work. Um, the only guy who, in my opinion, belongs on the field with those Rams receivers, especially in that system, mm-hmm. is Kendall Fuller. Yep. Uh, with, with Nelson and Skandrick, you saw, especially when the, the refs decided early on they were going to call it pretty tight, because mm-hmm. Skandrick and Nelson make a living being grabby because yep. they're not as quick as Fuller. They don't have as good a feet. And the moment it became like that, it wasn't a contest. And that is no disrespect to Steven Nelson and Orlando Skandrick. It really is not. They, they, I think they're decent corners. The problem is decent corners lose to Robert Woods and Brendan Cooks in that system. Skandrick was horrible last night. He, I mean, every time the ball went in his direction, it was bad news. Um, Nelson yeah. had, like, a good play. This is such a weird place for me to take this, but, like, I... Kendall Fuller was good last night by being not targeted. I'm a little bit curious as to what he would look like if there were better corners around him. Like he's he's better enough than Steven Nelson and Orlando Skandrick that like there's no point in throwing at Kendall Fuller. But like I'm I'm a little curious about that. Like I I think the Chiefs are going to end up giving him a decent sized contract, but I I hope it's not number one shutdown corner money. Because I think right now he's partially at an advantage of being the best guy in a secondary group that stinks. And so there's no reason to ever challenge him. I don't know. That's, that is not the most important takeaway from the game. But it's something that I just, something that I'm thinking about. How dare you? I have another question Fuller. about personnel. I don't know if you want to, the Kendall Fuller. I would, just, love, I would love to hear it. I like Fuller, but you know, we'll talk about him another day. Yes, what, there's, what's your personnel question? There's time. Um, if the Chiefs only have the option of paying D. Ford or Chris Jones, who would you rather pay? Chris Jones is not even close. Okay, this is good. I'm glad we're on the same page, but now I'd like for you to give your logic. Uh, Chris Jones, I mean, we'll, we'll start with the obvious. He's, he's a vastly superior run defender. Mm-hmm. And people can say, well, the Chiefs' run defense has kind of stunk. That's mm-hmm. not because of Chris Jones. Let mm-hmm. me be the first to tell you. Right. Um, he's a vastly superior run defender. Now, that doesn't matter that much in today's NFL, and we saw the proof of that. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, on a complete side note, this might be one of the few games where I kind of have left myself wondering, maybe they could have run the ball more in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Rams couldn't stop it. Yeah. But that's, you know... Hey, the offense, they got them up. They, they, all the defense had to do was prevent the touchdown with a little over two minutes left. The Rams having no timeouts, and they couldn't do it. So yeah. there you go. Um, anyway, not bitter at all. No, you anyway. seem over it. You seem good. So with, with Chris Jones, you get a guy who, in my opinion, is more matchup proof. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a coincidence. And, yes, the, the right tackle had the advantage in, in, in getting off the line a little early and stuff. But I don't think it's any coincidence that with the best competition the Chiefs have faced so far this year, except maybe the Steelers when they were kind of putting it all together, Ford was not nearly as present as he's been. Yeah. The, the edge rusher that stood out the most was Justin Houston. And the reason for that is that Justin Houston is more matchup proof than D. Ford. D. Ford still is a guy who's reliant on the speed rush. Now he's come a long ways with his bend. He's come a long ways with his hand fighting. He's a, he's a good edge rusher. But 
when you end up when you put him up against elite competition, he does not win consistently. Yeah. And 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 his numbers, in my opinion, drop more than what you want from a great edge rusher. Whereas with Houston, he's still going to get his. Whitworth, the left tackle, is a superior tackle, and Houston got his more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there's just something to be said there for a guy who's more matchup proof. Whereas with Jones, it doesn't matter who the guy is lined up across right. from him. We've seen him beat all pro guards. We've seen him beat up rookies. We see, and it's constant with him. Um, I do value interior pressure a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I just think that Jones has improved every year in the league and improved in leaps and bounds yes. and was a good player to start off with. Whereas Ford, what we have is some – However you want to spin it with Ford. If you say, well, it's that he had injuries. Well, then why are we counting on the exception year to be what continues moving forward? And maybe it does. I hope it does. He's looked great. But he's had injury history and incredibly mediocre play history. Yeah. Um, You know, he wasn't really – he wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire last year before he got hurt. And, yes, he is the back problems and all that. But – so there's a lot of red flags there with Ford's one great year as opposed to multiple multiple really good years. I just I don't like that. And so if they have to choose, I'm choosing Chris Jones every time. I personally think they can have both. I think the move is to tag Ford, make him prove it two years in a row, and get Jones extended as soon as possible. So I think the one thing there is you do start to ask the question about what's Justin Houston's contract look like. It's it, it, Stacking all those guys one on top of the other is a little bit difficult. But if you tag Ford and then you uh, you don't increase Jones's number by much because he's under contract next year, you just try to kick that down the road a little bit. It could probably work for next year. I'm I'm with you. Um, but I also think that logic checks out, and that's I I feel like that's going to be. I don't know if that'll be the minority opinion, but I bet that would be a very split conversation because the the outside pass rushers are the guys that usually get. Um, a little bit more of the of the shine, I suppose. Chris Jones being yep. a big personality on this defense helps his argument, and, and, and like among fans and everything, you know, like he he he's very recognizable for a defensive lineman uh, because of his personality. But we saw it last night. Guys like Jared Goff in that Rams offense, which by the way, like I don't, I'm not here to just you know like dump on Jared Goff, but I think he's a good quarterback and like a perfect system. And so I, I'm not going to tell you that I th- I'm saying this about Jared Goff because he's unstoppable as a quarterback. But in that Rams system with Jared Goff in it, or God forbid the Chiefs are playing the Saints in the Super Bowl, D. Ford can be at his all-time best, and it might be too late by the time he runs around the tackle. The, the ball's probably yeah. going to be gone pretty frequently. And that's one reason also that like Justin Houston being able to sort of just truck a guy into the, from, you know, from the edge straight in, and Chris Jones being right. able to just sort of step through the, the interior gap there, that's unstoppable, and that will even stop Drew Brees, who only ever touches the ball for long enough to shove it away from him again, perfectly accurately 30 yards downfield. Yeah, it's a frustrating thing. It is. And I, I, I've seen some of the numbers. You know, there's a lot of debate whether interior pressure is superior than edge pressure. For me, it's about the player. Mm. Ford is having a great year. No doubt about that whatsoever. He, he, he's healthy, clearly, and he's improved on his craft. No question about it. He looks like a better player. Um, but I still don't think he's an elite edge player. Yeah. And I think, I think Chris Jones is an elite interior player. I think you can name maybe on one hand the number of interior guys you take over Chris Jones. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I'm trying to think of what so that, how, me, that number would be, but yeah, I think it is. I think it's probably one hand. Yeah, yeah, and I mean maybe maybe you get a few more because it's it's, it's a question of, of preference. Yeah. But Chris Jones is without a doubt one of the after Aaron Donald, he's mm-hmm. in the conversation for best interior pass rusher in the league. Now, no one's on Aaron Donald's level, let's no. be clear. But he, he, is, he is in the conversation, and pass rush is where it's at. And he's only going to keep getting better. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Okay, so we'll let you go here in a second. Uh, what's coming up on The Athletic this week? I saw you taking requests for some stuff. What's, what's the plan? I'm going to have the usual big film review. Uh, plan is to hopefully get that up by tomorrow afternoon. Uh, you know, it's kind of a tighter space, so we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I'm going to obviously look at Mahomes' performance and then some of the things people ask me to look at. I actually want to write about Chris Jones and what he's done so Great. far this season. And I might write about uh, Tyreek Hill as well and his kind of ascendancy into the elite pantheon. But it's mostly going to be kind of looking back at it's not the first half of the season, obviously, because, you know, 11 games. Mm-hmm. But kind of look back at how we got here and how things have gone. And, you know, just, just a few more summary-type things about certain players. So, you know, if anyone's interested, you know, shoot me something on Twitter you'd like to see because I, I'm excited. And then, obviously, we got the Ravens game coming up, so I'll probably try to take a look at their film and maybe do a little bit of game planning on them. I felt like a genius, by the way, during the Rams game because some things that I predicted, and I rarely say this. Who am I kidding? I say stuff like this all the time. <laughs> stuff that I said was, like, coming to life in front of me. I was like, Bob Sutton, didn't you read my article? It was, it was just a terrible feeling. What was the? What were your best calls that Bob Sutton didn't follow up on? What What, what are the specifics? Uh, I I got very very frustrated when I saw them dropping into zone coverage mm-hmm. because every time I just watched them bounce the ball right behind you know Hitchens or whoever it was. Yeah. I I understand. And then like when I said yeah, but you know when you play man, they're going to start running a bunch of crossers and drags, and that's they, what they started they to started do. Doing that, and yeah. I was like, did you not listen? Jam <laughs> at the line of scrimmage and just just hope for the best. Understand that you're going to give up a bunch of big plays. And you might as well just make a few of your own. So that was it was a frustrating thing, but you know they the Chiefs did look pretty prepared for them. The Rams are just too good. Yeah, and we've seen the Chiefs do this to teams. And that's the other thing. You know, you can judge, and I know we got to go, but you can judge okay. a defense. But based on how a defense performs against the Rams or the Chiefs or the Saints, isn't really the way to go, because the Broncos have an objectively very good defense. And the Chiefs diced them up pretty good. Yep. That's just that's the modern NFL. Yep. Um, I'm not going to gauge the defense based off this game. And if your if your stance is well, they should be able to stop these teams. To me, it's like no, because literally no one is. There's no not is. a defense in the league that has has remotely stopped the 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 Chiefs and the Saints. The only one that came close with the Rams was the Broncos. And the Chiefs beat them twice. It's crazy. It's. I'll let you go on this one then, because I, I there, there's stuff with the specific. We could talk about that catch from Tyree Kill and his future, and we'll we'll have plenty of time throughout the offseason. We'll even get to talk about it in a bye week next week. So I'll write some of this down. Um, but do you like the type of football that we saw last night? I've seen people going on both sides of this, or or do you? you know, hey, I, I like it for dessert every once in a while, but I wouldn't want every game to be a hundred points scored. What did you? What do you feel about the evolution of the sport that we're so very clearly watching, at least among the very tippy top? I enjoyed what we watched last night in part because of its rarity. Mm. And the reality of the situation is there are not 32 Andy Reeds. There are not 32 Sean McVeighs. Yep. There are not 32 Patrick Mahomes. There's not 32 Goffs. Mm-hmm. There's also not 32 rosters with these kinds of playmakers. Mm-hmm. And so I think people might be jumping the gun a little bit with football's evolution. Yes, we're going to see a push in that direction. We're going to continue to see offensive efficiency increase. However, the level that we saw was rare. And that's that is what I like about it is it was is denoting elite talent, mm-hmm. and so I wouldn't like to see literally every game be like that. I don't think unless I mean if you end up with this influx of quarterbacks that are all as great as Mahomes. Okay, fair enough. Fine, sure. I'll watch that. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I don't think we're going to. I think you're right. I, I was even just looking at some of the other scores from last week. Like, the Packers and Seahawks went 27-24. And you got right. a bunch of points in that Bucks giants game, but that's those are bad teams. And the Cowboys and Falcons went 22-19. And I, I think those games are going to keep happening. I'm just, I will say, though, I am extremely, extremely glad to both root for and cover a team that can put up 50 in a loss, which is insane, but I'm, I'm happy to be here for it. Me too. Me too. Seth, enjoy your Thanksgiving week. I hope that you uh, actually get to breathe at some moment. And uh, we'll talk to you again for a bi-week edition of, of Seth on a Tuesday. That sounds awesome. Thanks for having me, Josh. Seth Kaiser, you can follow him on Twitter, obviously, always at Real MN Chiefs Fan. Please subscribe to The Athletic. Why wouldn't you at this point? Like, please. Are you, are you dumb? I don't want to. I don't ever want to assume that the people listening to this show are dumb. If you listen to this show, I would assume that you're very, very smart. Except you. That one person. <laughs> All but one of the people listening to this show are extremely smart. 
It's oh no, I wasn't talking about you. No, 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 no. A different person listening to the show. It's you. You are very smart if you're listening to the show and subscribe to the Athletic. If you don't have both of those things checked off, I listen. I, I can't vouch for you. I guess. Honestly, if you listen to the show and subscribe to The Athletic, you're even, is what happens. That makes you even, and I don't feel like I have to do myself the disservice of explaining which way each one pulls you. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, any where with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus you're listening to almost entirely sports hello everyone thanks for clicking this videos i will show how pronounce this word let's start phenises phenises <laughs> With Joshua Briscoe. And one more time. Phenises. <laughs> and one more time. Phenises. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> On ESPN Kansas City. I owe everybody a bunch of comments to be read. Also, that damn GMC commercial was on again. Does she like the red one or the black one? I can't remember. I don't know. I don't think I ever paid attention to it. Who bought She Likes the Black One? It was for him. But okay. she prefers the black one, and he says, I like red. It's it's the worst. They played so many times. And also, who on earth is surprised buying two vehicles on Black Friday? So, What kind of relationship do you have? So everybody complaining about the GMC commercial? Yeah. So while I was listening to the um, game feed... The yeah. radio feed last mm-hmm. night. My version of that is the Bud Light um, Dilly Dilly one where he's trying to make the announcement and then the little trumpeteer in the background keeps interrupting him. Every commercial break, it plays oh that. My goodness. It is the worst. I don't have ever heard it, and I'd like to avoid that. It's not fun. It I'm ti- I was fun. tired of it six months ago. I, I, I personally, I think that Dilly Dilly is still very fun and cool, and I wish we had it more in our day-to-day lives. Day-to-day off, Josh. <laughs> Actually, now it's peace off, because now a peace, oh, that's sign, right. a peace sign is now... Uh, well, no, it's, I think it's still day-to-day off, but hitting hitting somebody with deuces is uh, is now the new uh, obscene gesture. So that's 15 yards. Also, did we happen to talk about the fact that Eric Berry might be coming back? We talked about it on Monday some. Yeah, we talked about it yesterday. I'll, we'll talk about it more whenever we come back. Um, I'll hit you with a quick full disclosure for what the plan is for tomorrow's show. I'm not in live, but I also don't want to give you a best of. So tonight, I am filling in for Cody Tapp over on Sports Night. So you are welcome to come listen to Sports Night Live from 8 to 10 p.m. I won't be there. Beards won't be there. It's going to be me and Rudy. So like we know it's better it's than a normal Rudy show. Tuesday. It is a Rudy Tuesday. Holy bleep, we're finally getting a Rudy Tuesday. Um, but so what we're going to do is tonight I'm going to be hosting Sports Night in for Cody. And so if you listen live over to Sports Night tonight, you're welcome to. But you will hear the same show tomorrow from 4 to 6. That's the that's the setup. So instead of giving you a best of, um, or I, I, I asked a couple people to fill in and it's the day before Thanksgiving and people aren't able to. Um, I'm not going to be here live, but it'll be a fresh show it's just going to be the the stories that we talk about. It's still very, very Chiefs-Rams heavy. We'll talk about on Sports Night tonight. So you can listen live on Sports Night tonight or wait till 4 o'clock tomorrow. We'll be here again. Seems fair enough, right? Uh, a few comments. Let's blast through some and then we'll take a break, blast through some more, and then that'll be it. Um, well, that's, I scrolled too far. Uh, John asked something about if uh, the catch-up thing was a distraction going into the game, if that had anything to do with Mahomes turning the ball over. 
No. Why? John says Mahomes needs the running game with Hunt. I, <laughs> he threw for like 500 yards. I, I think there are moments whenever those matchups would have been helpful. We talked about that some yesterday on the show. I said I thought that, that Hunt would be in line for a big game because I expected um, I expected him to be able to take advantage of the Rams' weaknesses in the run defense. Uh, also, the four, offense was moving really well still. 14 rushes for 70 yards. No like, touchdowns, longest was 27. And the, he had the touchdown in the screen game, which is a place where he is really dominant. Um I think they could have used him more. I think he could have ran the ball. I think they could have had the ball on the ground a little more often. But they ended up scoring 51 bleeping points. Um, the, the turnovers were a bigger problem. The, the offensive problem was simply the turnovers. Uh, Clint says going to the refs is a cheese ball, low-rent move, even when it's true. I think that's largely true. The beginning of that game was insane, though. Oh, the whole game was insane. Oh, I know. No, no, no. But specifically, like, the first Oh, the penalties couple. in the first, yes. like, two drives? Yes. Literally, like, every play. It, it was, was crazy. It was crazy. And it was not good football to watch. No. Like, like they, they finally calmed down in the second half. But that first half was they pretty They being both the Chiefs and the refs. Like, there, yes. there are two culpable, culpable parties there. My bigger issue isn't with the with the flags that got called on the Chiefs in retrospect. It's looking at the flags that didn't get thrown on the Rams. Yes. On like the false start on that golf run touchdown and everything. Now, like the Rams Reddit was complaining a lot about how the fact that Donald was getting hold on every possession too, but I know. it's probably that's probably sure. true. Um the Chiefs pass rush was also getting held a lot. Yes. That, that's a place where I have a hard time really that's why I wasn't been out of shape about Ford getting held on that golf touchdown run. It's more concerned with the false start. Because holding penalties just don't get called all that much anymore. Reginald says, stop about running the ball more. Kareem's doing fine, and 51 points should guarantee a victory. Our offense is incredible just as is. I'm cool with that. Um, the uh, the turnovers are still was, were a problem last night. I'm not saying, by the way, you know, I said that the turnovers were a problem last night and not that turnovers are a problem because I'm still not totally even sure that this is like a consistent issue. I, it, but obviously was one last night. Um, so I'm not worried about throwing the ball more or running the ball more. Um, Clint says unsolicited polarizing comment. This one's very good. Then we'll take a break, get a few more, and we'll get out of here. Uh, unsolicited polarizing comment from Clint: The Chiefs' white uniforms were boring, and the Rams' yellows made them look like crazed bananas running around. Okay, done. He's totally right. If that game would have been the Chiefs' all whites with the red helmet and the red socks up against the Rams' like blue over yellow, like those LA Gold. That would have been super fresh. Those all yellows stink. I kind of didn't mind them, though. The yellows? They stink. I didn't mind them. They would stink less not going up against white on white. White on white versus yellow on yellow is no bueno. Those are too, they're too close. The Chiefs could have gone red on red versus yellow on yellow, and there would have been actually more contrast. It would have been a Chiefs scrimmage out there. Yeah. There were lots of options that would have been better. Brought to you by McDonald's. That's very true. Uh, Chiefs... White over red versus blue over white or blue over yellow, that would have been great. Chiefs white over white versus blue over yellow, fine. Chiefs red over Chiefs red over white versus all yellow would have been better. There are lots of options that would have been better. They didn't do any of them. The the worst, well, the game was incredible. The uniforms were underwhelming. The refereeing was really frustrating. And all of that was better than listening to Jason Witten. You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports. Oh my god, can you imagine the ESPN kid? The ESPN kid's anybody. She would just have to be, it would just be you and me and then like a, like a fifth of Charlie. Yeah. Rudy, Rudy's also on the videos. Les Norman. <laughs> Frank White. <laughs> racing boys. Oh, the racing Outdoor boys guys. would be good. With Joshua Briscoe. Also, like, would, would, Dick would Justice. we be... Would be <clears throat> The wiener dog. Although for him, every, every day is a body issue day. That's true. Grumpy Cat's got no shame. Grumpy Cat's wearing a jester hat and nothing else. Goatee in the buff. Mr. Dossie, really kinky. He's wearing a top hat and a collar. On ESPN Kansas City. That's got to be... That's a top ten liner at least, right? That's <laughs> extremely good. Beards is pointing out during the break that the fourth quarter of that game was uh, 21 to 14. 21 points would have won two games in the NFL this uh, this week. There were entire games that looked very much like that. Like Broncos Chargers was 23 22. Raiders Cardinals was 23 21. Ravens Bengals was 24 21. 
Steelers Jags was 20 to 16. Texans Washington was 23 21. Incredible. Uh, a couple of comments. I wanted to answer this one. Um, I gotta scroll up to it now, which is really good. Rick asked, like, first segment of the show, so Rick's probably not here anymore. But he asked if I had to give a grade to Patrick Mahomes, what would I grade it? And I just have no bleeping idea. Because he turned the ball over five times. But he was also great. <laughs> To the conversation, the point of the conversation we were having with Seth a little bit ago, there was one like gunslinger interception where he got hit in the shoulder and he shouldn't have thrown that ball. But other than that, it's physics breaking off of the back of Mitchell Schwartz. That and one's it's, not my favorite though, out of all of them. It's not great, but that that should have fallen to the ground. Aimlessly. It was also just a bad pass in general. Oh, it was, but that's a mistake. Sure. It's not the guns. It's not a bad choice. I don't feel. I don't. Regardless, you can count both of those. That's totally fine. There were mistakes by Mahomes, and he was also great. I said this on the post game show last night. If you want to catch the whole thing with me, Danny Klingsko, Brad Porter, it's on 810WHB.com. I think that throughout the draft process and throughout him being the quarterback of the Chiefs, taking over for Alex Smith this whole time, I think he's been unfairly given the Brett Favre comparison. And last night, he earned it. <laughs> last night, there was a little bit of that. You hold the ball too long trying to make a play, and it costs you. I will say that I am 100% here for the Patrick Mahomes experience, no matter what it entails. I'll take that quarterback, no question. Weird schedule this week. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you tomorrow, but from the past. Bye, Mom! You're listening to Almost Entirely Sports with Joshua Briscoe on ESPN Kansas City. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.